Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and today we are excited to introduce our new discipleship pastor, Rebecca Mim, and to talk about this week's message in our series on Jonah. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody, to episode. This is the big one. Number drumroll, please. Number marching 40. band, please. Marching band. What number is it? It's number forty. The Ruby anniversary. The Ruby anniversary, which John, um, you, I, <laughs> I, you, I learned that this is something I learned on the podcast. Is that uh, the fortieth? I didn't know forty had. A had a theme. You got the golden at fifty yeah. and the silver at twenty-five, but yeah. the ruby. And I only knew over that because the yeah. was that over the hill. Over the hill. Over the, over the, the hill. hill. When you become forty. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, uh, I learned that because we were uh, stayed with a couple in Scotland, mm-hmm. and uh, they had their fortieth anniversary, and they were calling it the ruby anniversary. So mm-hmm. stuck with me then too. Well, that's you know those are the kinds of stories that that. That's when those those things stick. Those details of of you know trivia will stick with you because you had this story and this this couple. But man, I can't believe forty episodes and started back in two thousand nineteen. Took a break uh, for a while with the pandemic, um, about seventeen month break because we were just doing one sermon, and now we're back to two two messages a week. And today is also a special day. It's it's a forty. So it's a good a good day with the 40th episode to introduce our new associate pastor, our, our discipleship pastor, yep. Reverend Rebecca Mim. Welcome, Rebecca. Hello. Can you put some cheering uh, sound effects yay. in the background here? Yes. Rebecca's yeah, here. That's right. We're re- we've been waiting for you. I'm that's so right. glad that you're that's here. Right. And in an armchair. And in an armchair. Yeah, so armchair. literally, uh, y'all can't mm-hmm. see this, but she, all three of us are in armchairs. As I have mentioned many times, the reason armchair preaching got its name, um, and Rebecca doesn't know this because she hasn't been here, is because... When your your predecessor, when Kenny was here and he and I were preaching every Sunday, um, I thought, okay, well, let's let's. I think it'd be cool to do a podcast, talk about the messages because unique. It is a unique thing about our church that we have two preachers every Sunday preaching on the same passages and the same topics and and things like that. Um, so let's do it. It's like, well, what are we going to call it? I said, like, well. We're going to sit in my office because that's where my computer is and that's where everything happens. So um, I got a bunch of armchairs. Let's call it Armchair Preaching. And there's another podcast called Armchair Expert, which is very uh, popular, uh, led by Dax Shepard. And um, and also, too, it's the letter A. So it, it, it usually rises to the top of search. But it's also armchair quarterbacks. Or, yeah. uh, you know, it, there, there are those people who, who it's after the main thing, which is the, 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 the game. That's you right. come back and you analyze it. You talk about it and you kind of be an expert from the armchair. That's right. And so this is the after the the game for us is the preaching moment. That's and right. so we have this kind of backstory, further conversations, analysis, things like that. That's right. That's right. So Rebecca, um, you started on Monday. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on Thursday. So how's this week been for you? How how have you it's been it. really exciting. Um, mix of emotions as well. Yeah. Uh, not knowing things, not knowing where I'm going, um, but it's been really wonderful being around a whole bunch of people with 
who are like-minded. It's been a very long time since I've had such a community like this. Uh, it's it's been great. That's awesome. It's been great. Yeah. And from what you you came here from West Virginia. Yes. And you were there for how long? Five years. Five years, mm-hmm. and. Um, you're from originally from Pennsylvania, is that right? Yes, that's right. That's right. And go Steelers. Go Steelers. My, yeah, having my, a little bit of a tough time right now. But my predecessor, <laughs> uh, Mike Loudon, um, said that uh, the, he, he knew he knew the church, your home church, and he said that your home church is a lot like this church. Very much, a little bit smaller, but maybe not now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's just a preaching podcast. And actually, should note too that you just you're going to be um, assisting in worship in classic service this Sunday. You just did the first uh, of a pre-recorded service. For those that don't know, we pre-record our classic service to go live. It's not a live stream. What you're watching online is not live yes. in the moment. So yep. you just did that for the very first time mm-hmm. with us, and uh, just. <laughs> it's, it's it's awkward. People don't realize how it, it's difficult to do that. And so you did a great job first first one out of the shoot. Uh, be, I will say better than I did the first time we did that um, because it was well. We all we all went to a steep learning curve, and you're in the middle of one right now. But mm-hmm. we we all went to that steep learning That's curve right. when we first started doing that because it's it's such an unusual experience to be in a room, a massive room. Yeah. With nobody in it. That's right. And you're pretending like everybody's in it. That's right. That's right. So I want to ask you, Rebecca, I mean, you're a seasoned preacher, and this is a preaching podcast. So I just um, want to ask, this is kind of a question that John and I have always batted around, and we, we circle back to it, is what is exciting to you about getting to preach from the Word of God? What is it that just excites you about that? That it's the Word of God. Um, that we have the Word of God, that we can expound upon the Word of God, that we can learn how to apply the Word of God, that we can grow into mature disciples, that God has given this guide and this comfort and this inspiration uh, and this prophetic word that that's really exciting. Uh, and it's a, a chance where we all come together and we all hear God's word and we all grow together. And then throughout the week, we can encourage each other. I mean, I'm going to be talking about the word gadol for everything because <laughs> Zach <laughs> preaches Zach's on a Hebrew word, gadol meaning gadol. great, you know, God's great compassion, yeah. the great fish in Jonah, yeah. um, the great storm in Jonah uh, and all those things. So yeah, yeah, uh, Caleb, his son is actually, his middle name is Gadol. <laughs> Caleb the Great. I do have a story about that, but we'll, we'll get back to that for a second. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, is there something, um, so when you're, when you're prepping a message, um, what do you find, like, when you're, when you're unpacking that, what do you, what do you, what do you like to focus on? I mean, or maybe it changes from message to message, but are there certain aspects of the, of the Word of God that, that really just jump out at you and you're just like, you just get buzzed when you get to like share that with somebody else. Um, it changes from week to week yeah. and from passage to passage. Uh, but often I will get so caught up in a word, yeah. one particular word in a verse, and I will waste, <laughs> um, if you can call it wasting, um, yeah. 
hours being so excited the word rock yeah. well is it a specific rock yeah. how many rocks are listed in scripture is this referring back to something <laughs> yeah. in the old testament yeah, yeah. and so i will go and spend three hours on the word rock itself and get so excited <laughs> and want to call everybody i know and say hey did you know this yeah. and they're all like that's great rebecca and i think sometimes they're just like we're happy you're happy um but i'm like be happy with me right. isn't this exciting yeah uh, well that's kind of what armchair preaching yes that's yeah. Yeah. Say the same thing. Is, is it, we do get excited about that too. Yeah. The, geek, it, the geeky side of, yeah. of pastors, and, it, and you know what's funny is um, you, you mentioned that the people that get you know you get excited about just a single word and mm-hmm. how that you know going through the whole of redemptive history, and I'm all, that, the thing about this podcast and, and also just about multiple preachers is that we do have we have a we have a I think a fairly. Um, learned congregation or and people even if they're unchurched they will get excited about some of those things and i get text messages john gets emails and text messages about wow what was can you remind me again about exactly what you said i'm 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 talking to somebody else or i'm you know in a bible study or i'm in a prayer group and i really want to you know, tell them this thing can you remind me exactly what it was because they don't want to you know they don't want not that we have it perfectly all right but you know, we have it written down. I mean, that's the difference, right? <laughs> but I love how you said that. That's great. We're, we're glad that you're here, and you'll be preaching your first Sunday, or actually the second Sunday, because you, you did have a, a candidating, we call it a candidating service. Right. But two weeks from now, right? Is that correct? 31st, I the think. The 31st, so three oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, that's three right. Weeks, that's so right. so her first, your first sermon here mm-hmm. is going to be about spiritual warfare. Yeah. That's right. On well, your, your first sermon here was about love. That's right. That was your, right. That was your candidating sermon. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a slow pitch over the middle, and you swung and you hit it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> now your second sermon is going to be on spiritual warfare. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, we're excited. That's an exciting start. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and Halloween. No, on right. Halloween. I wonder right. how much yeah. spiritual warfare will be taking place as Between I write now that and, then. and yeah. prepare that. That's and... right. No, that's true. That's true. Well, we're glad that you're here, and. Um, and and glad that you're in the office and getting acclimated and and uh, excited great to, to be s- here. Excited to see what's next too. So and it is going to feel like a you know, drinking from the fire hose for the first little while. Yeah, it really uh, is. Th- you'll you'll settle in great. Yeah. God, God has called you here, and <laughs> and we're excited about you being here, and uh, and we're excited about to to the topic. We're excited about your word yeah. that you will bring to us. That's right. That's right. And and this week, you know, we we were in um, the third chapter of Jonah. Um, Rebecca mentioned the word gadol. I mentioned that. I think I probably said that word. I can't tell you how many times. Um, it with, is funny with, you, with reason. With reason. It's so funny that you mentioned that about my son's name. So my son's name is Caleb. People that. that that know us know that, um, but when my son was um, uh, so when my son was about to be born, or when you know we were we were pregnant with Caleb, I was preaching through the book of Jonah at that time. Oh, how about that? And it was a toss up whether we were going to name him Jonah or Caleb. Oh, how about that? And then as I got into it, I was like, no, because I'm really ripping into Jonah in this series. There's no way I can call it. So, <laughs> Especially when you start kind of seeing Jonah's journey. It's that's like, right. I, know, I want somebody a little more solid. Yeah, that's right. I want somebody a little bit different. And actually, this this past week, on uh, the third chapter, Jonah is not the focus. No. At all, actually, he's mentioned in uh, the opening three verses. He preaches in verse four, and then disappears from the rest of chapter three. It's all about the Ninevites at that point. It really is. And 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 John, this week when you jumped in, you really did focus on some of the historical. Well, first of all, you you jump you started with 
uh, Psalm 51. Yeah. And I'll, walk me through. So the, the whole idea was about about yeah, repentance, repentance and about yeah. God getting excited about our yeah. repentance and delighting in that. So walk me through um, the kind of your thoughts yeah, I, about that. I actually that. took I took a while. Uh, with that, I took some time with it. You, you almost can't help it because if you're going to get to Psalm 51, you're going to get to the one line that, in particular, out of Psalm 51, you got a full backstory that has to, and you don't know who's who's in the crowd is listening yeah. to what they know. So you got to give them at least the basic elements of here's the story. But because repentance can be one of those words, like we have a lot of words that we use in the church, and and they can be one of those words like I, I yeah, I don't, I mean, okay, I don't know what that means? I, yeah. just, I, I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, I should feel sorry for my sins. Okay, I get, I get yeah. that. There's so much more to it. There's so much more weight to it. It's really the offensiveness of what we're going, that what we have done. Oops. And so, um, so I I wanted to just really build that out up front. And I knew it's funny because our tech guy here was saying like he was listening to it and he goes. Did I get the wrong week? Because he seems like he's spending a lot of time on uh, Psalm on, on, on Psalm fifty one yeah. <laughs> and King David and Nathan and all this. And I thought we were talking about Jonah here. And then they go, "Oh, okay, I see where he landed with that." So I spent some time with that in order to get the, that weight behind what re, what repentance really is, yeah. and then go into the story and say, "And they did that." Yeah, and it's you know what you what 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 I when I listened to it and I was thinking to myself. Um, it's using scripture as illustrative material for scripture the, interpreting the, scripture, the yeah. main text or scripture interpreting scripture. And we've, we've done that through this series, especially as we've looked back at, uh, you know, the typology of Jesus and, and, you know, the storm that, you know, we've used the, the illustrative material of scripture before. And I think it's, it also is really powerful to show the, the mutual reinforcement of the text. This is, these are not, they're, they're isolated and they're they have their own contextual um, uh, kind of you know history, but because God is the ultimate author of Scripture, there's this big redemptive historical context as well. And I thought that was really um, powerful. So it's, when you're looking, and this is more of a broad question, John, but you did it this week. You you focused a lot on um, when, when you started talking about the Ninevites and the Assyrians. You really talked about the his the historical. Um, Assyrian religion, and you, you yeah. jumped into that the, pan, the multitude of gods. Yeah, yeah. So, so which is interesting because I, I think when I, mean, I know that uh, the you were touching on the um, on the the evil of yes. the the, uh, the Ninevites and yeah. and and you know, and I love how you you even right up front you gave that you know, oh my God. kids. If if your parents, if you have kids in the room. You got to shut your ears because this is plug some your graphic. Ears. This, this, it, 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 and it is graphic, yeah. and it is it is rough. It is rough thing, and so it really drew, you drove home the point that Jonah going into that place, one man walking down the streets of Nineveh with that one sentence sermon, that was scary. Scary. Yeah. It, was, it was it was it was life threatening. He yeah. certainly would have been been. I mean, I'm not sure he was as fearful for his own life as he was for the fact. That's what we'll find out next week, yeah. as you just preached a little while ago, yeah. that he he would be upset if 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 they actually repented. Yeah, and uh, and and but but still, it's it was a bold move on his part, and yeah. in a graphic you know a graphically brutal society. Well, and and when you were bringing up the the when you were bringing up the pantheon of gods part, I, I thought that the the thing that was really um, I think telling for people is. These are not God's people, right? They would never consider themselves, you know, Hebrews, certainly. And they would never think to um, 
listen to the Hebrew God. There's no reason that they, a prophet from the Hebrews who have one God, which I, I loved how you mentioned, monotheism was such a, like, not, it was not a thing. Like anywhere in the ancient Near Eastern it was, world, it was it was strange. They they, Very they strange. Saw, looked at them with with suspicion. Which is funny because that's thousands of years of of polytheism and this this outlier monotheistic religion. And now we can't comprehend an idea of a religious system that's polytheistic. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible for us, except when you start thinking about you know how we actually what we actually worship, money and you know comfort and whatever. And then we. We do have a pantheon of gods. We just don't call it that. But I just thought it was really interesting how you, you highlight this idea that there's no no reason they should listen to Jonah. Yeah, and why and why did they? Yeah. So what what were the possibilities of, of reasons why? They, so there were some there were some so naturally occurring things. They were being threatened from the north. There was it, it could have been Jonah himself that was yeah. uh, that, that there's something about him because you know you and I we all. If you, we get around somebody, there's something something about their presence, yeah. and we pay attention to them. That's right. And so it could have been it could have been that there was something about him, but it was it was it was a strange world yeah. where he's got he's entering into where they there's a whole plethora of gods. Yeah, and and he's saying this one God has one message for you. Yeah, forty days. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I like that with what you did. Uh, both the, the the your your treatment on Elohim, yeah, and uh, you just looking at the, the the use of the word Elohim as important to to, to God, uh, and then just the 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 fact that that this sermon had different layers to it. Yeah, so so destruction could have meant something else as well. Yeah, and that is what Rebecca was just talking about. You get you kind of like go crazy over a one word. And, and and I mentioned this at the outset. This is the third time I've preached through the, the book of Jonah. Never, ever, ever had I noticed that that word overthrow did not necessarily – it did mean destruction, but it could also just mean a giant change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I read um, t- two or three commentaries that highlighted that point. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So, yeah, God relented from the disaster that he might have intended had they not repented but there was still this big change because and the message was about change and it was you know it was definitely interpreted by the people as destruction because it would have been but the overthrow that it really was occurring was an internal one from them and i wonder what you know when you're when you look at this passage there's so much man it's just so amazing to me four chapters so much going on and like you said at the very outset of the 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 whole series it is a crazy good story just from a story standpoint so what do you have what did you have to leave behind today what did you have to cut out what did you i mean what what did you have to edit because you're like i got like i got like 25 minutes and um i got like 50 minutes worth of material so well uh the nuance around elohim was one of one of them you you picked up on that and you you built that into yours but i because i had spent so much time made the decision spent some enough uh, much time up front on on um on, on repentance with the story of David and, and, and Psalm 51, you know, that nuance. And we had talked about that yeah. even before, I think it was before we both preached yeah. uh, any of it. Uh, we had talked about that, you know, that, that the nuance on Elohim. And so for me, it was just let's, let's keep the main piece of Elohim and distinguish that, make that, distinguish that shift that took place yeah. from Yahweh to, to Elohim. Yeah, see, and that yeah. I didn't. I didn't get yeah. into that. There was that also, too. Yeah. And I love that you made the distinction between, okay, so. God is referred to by his personal covenant name in in the first three chapters, for the most part. 
but it's Elohim because of the pantheon of gods for the Ninevites. So I, I love that. And, and even and, and their identity with the, uh, 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 they would have recognized Elohim. So as the one scholar said, it's not he's not preaching Yahweh to someone who doesn't know know the idea of behind a supreme God. Yeah. So they had an idea even beyond with their multitude of gods, they had an idea of God. So so I left. But but the the nuance of that is probably one that was uh, left out and. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I suppose more time on uh, on Nineveh in the context of Nineveh itself, and I know you mm-hmm. picked up on that and, and spent more time. Of course, I'd done it the week before, and, you, yes, and you I was in class the week before. Yeah. So, but but still, just that reminder and coming back to this is a this the context itself is is it's rough. Is, is, is rough. Yeah, and you had actually early in the series picked up on that. I think in even in week one, mm-hmm. you really you you talked about some of the violent reputation that they had far more than I did in week one. Cause I knew in week three, I wanted to really dig into it, but, but we both get there because you have to un- understand that these people are repentant, repenting from a place of real, like real disconnect from this Hebrew God. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, I, I think that, I think that was, I think that was uh powerful there. How about you? What, what did you leave on the editing room floor? Well, I think I think the, the Yahweh distinction, I think that was something that was left out. Um, I didn't, I mean, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot because I, I look at like, um, you know, the people talking about the, people talking about the, the size. Like a lot of commentators really go to town on what is the three days breadth mean? Yeah, like, that, that didn't really Grab me in this. It in, does in, not. in this one. It, no. it, it did not seem to be central to the to the the importance of chapter three. Yeah, I read. I can't remember which commentary it was. I read one commentary that talked about the three days was really representative of what Jonah, as an as an ambassador from another culture, would have had to do. First, he would have had to go to one set of city leaders and then he'd have to go to another set before he gained a uh, an audience with the king and that's what the three-day journey means and i i, I just didn't find that super compelling i mean it that's the kind of thing I'd pick up in a if I was doing a, a if I if agape Bible was study. Yeah, if agape was doing verse by verse yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. We, yeah and I'd give those alternatives I think that was it the Yahweh the Yahweh distinction I think that was really interesting um, I I didn't talk about Jonah kind of disappearing from chapter three which I I think is significant like it's the book of Jonah but really Jonah's he is simply an instrument. I didn't. I, I mentioned it a little bit, but I, I, I had to make a decision of. They did not respond to the word of Jonah, right? They responded to the word of God. Like they believed God. Jonah was the instrument, but they believed God. It wasn't Jonah becomes an afterthought at that point, and and so just things like that. Um, you know, it's interesting that that Sunday was World Communion Sunday, and so yeah. we had we had communion in all of our services. Uh, did you? Make I mean, I, I, lis- I listened to your sermon, but I didn't w- keep watching all it took for, the for the communion. So did, was there a, a tie-in a, with a that? tie-in? Um, a little bit, not a big. See, that's the other thing. Like, I really could have said, gone like this. You know, taking it to an international missions, but when you do that, because we had made the decision to really focus on the repentance piece. Um, I really wanted to focus on the repentance piece and the, the, the immediate 
and see, this is another thing I didn't get into, but like the Ninevites repentance was very similar because they believed the word of God after one sentence, like sermon that was probably repeated over and over and over again. The sailors in chapter one believed the word of God when Jonah said, this is, this is, but Jonah himself doesn't and just that to me i i got a little should, bit into that should but call him the late to the party yeah prophet yeah, yeah. that's right but I, I got into that a little bit but i that's the kind of thing i unpacked but like we have to make a decision like yeah. you know you could preach this as a as as a as an evangelistic you know beyond the borders sort of sermon it could be yeah i mean there's a lot there that could be could be brought up and it's again. That's why sometimes you have to make decisions based on focus, right? But I love how you and we did make that decision. We made the decision that it was going to be about um, about repentance, which is a heavy topic to begin with it because is. that requires that introspective. And I love how you en- ended it, the introspective. Okay, confront sin specifically. Yeah, I was. I thought, I thought those two points there: confront sin specifically. Yeah, and you were spot on when you said that we 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 do a really good job of saying, you know, I, I have probably not done what I should do in this yeah. area and I've just generally neglected this and I you know mm, yeah no yeah and, and I loved your your illustration of I write down my sins and you cannot find them because I tear them up and burn them immediately <laughs> but symbolically what, yeah. what I loved about that first of all I love it because it's a funny thought that you know here, here's all my sin <laughs> they're burned up yeah, right. but but symbolically that's exactly yeah. the reality is that they are they are no more in the eyes of God. And that's that's the idea of forget. But 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 the particularity is what you're calling out. Yeah. You know, get specific about what exactly is it yeah. your sin nature leads you specifically to do, and then just just get uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, confront sin uncomfortably if it's a uh, you know if, don't don't be don't be comfortable with yeah hidden sin. Well, and I think one of the things that and 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 then tell me what you tell me what your how your where your mind goes. I think a lot of times when we talk about repentance and we talk about, um, you know, actionable sort of acts of sanctification or whatever, in a, in a 25, 20, 25 minute message, especially when you have things like communion and, and mm-hmm. other, other important elements of the service um, that you want to leave room for, the balance between understand, for, for people to understand that Repentance is a sign of, and you said it, a sign of our saving faith. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus Christ. We're not trying to earn our way into, into right. faith, but it's because of our faith that we do this. Right. So when you're, and, and it's not just with repentance, but it's a lot of different things. When you're talking about the good works side, yeah. how do you, how do you mentally go into balancing this righteousness exactly yeah. how do you go into mm. balancing that with, especially with a well, message like this or or any kind of works because it is important i've spent nearly 25 years as a pastor trying to find that yeah. find that balance because it's so easy even if you nuance it when you say it every single time it's still there's still the the hearers who are who might be hearing i need to do this so that i am in good standing with god yeah and that is just a, such a struggle. That's, that's a great question. That's a big question. It's, it's such a struggle because we know that, that, that the actions follow the, 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 the primordial mover and shaker of the universe's yeah. action. So yeah. the actions, our actions fo- follow God's actions, which, which is the spark that – which is the language that I used in this, this, this week. It's the spark that ignites our action. Yeah. Uh, and so it's – but it's it, – We're I, faithful I, followers of God. That's right. Saved by grace. That's right. And, and, and because, because of that, it 
causes us to want to, to do things. My, I've always said it this way. Is look, I, I'm so when I think about what God has done for me and for and for my salvation, as the as the creed says, and for uh, for me and for us and for our salvation, uh, I just want to go back to God. Can I? Can I mow your grass? Yeah. Can I, can I wash your car? What can I do for you? That's you know, right. you've, what you have done for me is something immeasurable. Yeah. Uh, what can I do for you? So I, that's me. That's I, I have to. I, I guess part of the answer is that I have to, as much as possible, as often as possible, every single time we talk about it, to say that God acts first. We we respond second, and our works are a response of gratitude, yeah. not a an effort to win. Yeah. And win favor. Yeah. Yeah, I think we struggle, too, against um, kind of cultural – and I don't know if it's just American culture, but I think American culture is unique in that we – like, you have to earn everything you have. It's very transactional. You know, it is. And and I, even my, my, my daughter was watching something the other day, like a TV show or whatever, where one of the kids was was having – was struggling with, with some, you know, goal that they were trying to, to affect. And in and, – and in the middle of this, the story, the the another character says to the main character, "Well, fake it till you feel it, right?" And I started, man, you, you talk about that one word, Rebecca, right? I have like cultural things I hear, and they just rattle in my head. And I start unpacking the theology of that: "Fake it till you feel it." And I've, you know, you've heard that, or or fake it till you make it, fake yeah. it till you make yeah. it, or. Um, What's the what's act your way into a feeling? I've heard those kinds of things, and I, I just start thinking about how easy is that to go into a. We take that to our faith, right? I I I practice faith until I have faith, and and I'm you know there are stories. I mean, John Wesley is a great example of a, a you know late late you know third wave reformer who preached for many many years before his heart was strangely warmed. And and I, I myself, you know, I was seventeen. I was preaching at seventeen years old, and and I was not a real believer. I mean, so it's it is a, it's such a fine line to say to people, this is not your salvation, your faith in Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ is your salvation. But as a result of that, he said, "Can I mow your grass? Can I turn?" You know, the the Romans passage, you know, that I quoted in in the sermon, you know. We can't just keep on sinning that grace may abound more. It's not this transactional yeah. sort of thing in that direction either. So it's just a real it's a real challenge. I, I wonder, Rebecca, your thought on that too, about that balance between works well, pre- think, preaching works but not works righteousness. Well, know? I think along the lines of what John had said, except I, I use a mathematical equation yeah. in my head of, you know, is it faith plus works equals salvation? Uh, it's really faith equals salvation, which yields works. Yeah. So, no. you know, it'd be nice with an, uh, if you could see a little visual for that um, in mathematical yeah. equation, because <laughs> it really, it's different. You yeah. know, it's, you know, because of of the grace of God that how can we help but to respond and, yeah. and to want to be yeah. uh, faithful followers of God. Yeah. And you know, in, in some sense, um, to use the, to continue with the math on that too, is that the, the degree to which we understand that mm-hmm. and are impacted by that mm-hmm. it equals the degree to which we express it. Right. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Give me a stick of gum, thank you. you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, if I realize that my eternal destiny was apart from God, yeah. and uh, by God's grace, um, mm-hmm. I came into this uh, awareness and knowledge and, uh, of, of the love of God for mm-hmm. me, and my eternal destiny as a result of that, it does not represent spiritual death, but it represents a spiritual life that begins now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sort of take in the magnitude of that. It's got to change you. It, being it, you in can't, you with can't God walk away. And... You can't walk away unchanged. Yeah, one of the things I, I think when I there have been times where I preach and I, like you have these moments of epiphany while you're preaching, and you realize just how crazy it is that God is ever compassionate with us, and that this 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 person, the creator of the universe, that called the planets and the stars into being that. That he numbers the hairs on our head and actually cares, like you said, John, in your message. You know, he delights in our repentance. Like that's that's such an odd thing because, it, and I think I think we, and as much as I don't think you know Americans are really well versed in Christianity, I think there's this this undercurrent of well, of course he does, right? There's this like well, of course he loves us, and of course you know that's why so many people just well, I'm a good person, so I'm getting into heaven, but it's it's such a I mean, just a ridiculous concept that a person who has that power and that that majesty and that magnitude would care at all about me mm-hmm. in 21st century Central Florida, like that he would give two shakes about me amongst this, the current 7 billion people that exist. In the cosmos. Yeah. I mean, out of, out of the entire universe out of... of, the in- of- Possibilities of yeah. things to care about, and, and that he and that he does that with equal measure for every single person, yeah. and that he delights in, in every person that comes to repentance, even the wicked Ninevites who were so terribly violent. And I just that shakes me up a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, that more than a little bit. And there are moments when I'm preaching that, and in that moment, that's why sometimes I get super. <laughs> I get a little excited, <laughs> and I get a little bit yelly, and so I'm just like, "Why are you yelling?" Because I'm excited. <laughs> <You know? It's> like, <laughs> but it's 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 a fa- it's such a fascinating thing, and and um, you know, this week we're in Jonah chapter four, um, one of the oddest endings of of a book in the yeah. entire <laughs> Bible, and I did, yeah. and and and. You know, yeah, I was kind of hoping that was going to be your sermon. Yeah, the, the last it ends with a question, right? I mean, and and so it's it's going to be really fun. I, I've already preached it once because we're we're recording this on a Thursday. We've re- recorded for for Sunday, um, but I'm going to be in classic this week along with Pastor Rebecca, John. You're going to be in Vine, but it's exciting message this week. Yeah, yeah, we got a uh, that and a baptism this week in, in Vine. So yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, so for anyone who has missed any one of our past sermons, uh, please check us out on our website, fpclakeland.org. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Simply search for FPC Lakeland or on Facebook. Again, search for FPC Lakeland. All the sermons are there. Whole, whole The messages are there and the whole services are there. And if you've missed any one of our pod, pod, podcast, pod chairs. Pod cards. 
any one of the podcast episodes of Armchair Preaching, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, and our website. Be sure to subscribe, like, share it with your friends. Um, this is a great way to just unpack the scripture w- one more time and, and move us into the next. Perfect, perfect for your drive time. I, it really is. Your car line with yeah. the kids. Or if, you're he- or if you're here in, in, in sunny central Florida in Lakeland, it's great. You can listen. So here's what, here's what I, here's what I, Trip Cal- around the, around here's the what lake. I calculated. Yeah. <laughs> here's what I calculated. So if you're an average walker, it's about three miles, 2.85 miles exactly. But if you park at FPC Lakeland and you walk from FPC Lakeland around Lake Collingsworth, it's three miles. An average walker walks about 20 minutes per per mile. You can listen to both sermons and the podcast <laughs> in the time it takes you to walk around Lake Hollingsworth. So if that's you and you're an exerciser, that's what you ought to do. I think that's a great way to spend your walk. Um, anyway, thank you, Rebecca, for joining us. You'll be popping in from time to time as great you to be here. as you preach, and, and, and you're invited anytime, even if you're not preaching. If you want to geek out with fellow geeks about <laughs> stones and gadals and, uh, and, and, and all the geeky stuff of yeah. uh, preaching. Um, and John, once again, thank you so much for joining us in the armchair. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. See you next time.